I think it is incumbent upon hosts or personalities. And that's a weird word because we're all personalities. Let's say hosts to disclose when they have a conflict. And when it comes to talking about big pharma and what big pharma has done with antidepressants and, and it will be proven to be also anti-anxiety drugs, but it's, it's antidepressants. I come from a place of pain and regret um, and embarrassment and worry. So that's my disclosure. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. We made ourselves the partner of the week because, hey, we get to. So, thetodhermershow.com, that's where the store is located. That's where you can get the t-shirts, the only, the second time to get them. They sold out a thousand in one night, roughly a thousand. Says on the front, the only knee we take is to the Lord. One has the cross of Christ with the lion, the other the lion of Judah. Someone was disappointed that we didn't say the name of Christ Jesus on the shirts. Get it. We'll do that. Then in that case, buy the one with the cross on it. What I said at the top of the show requires a little bit of explanation, but let's get first of all into why this is such a monumentally important topic and therefore being ignored by the mainstream media, which is not a good phrase, the mockingbird media. The discovery that um, research shows, and it is a massive study, it is a meta-analysis, that the use of so-called antidepressants makes no difference because the very claim of a serotonin imbalance is in all likelihood absolute fiction. You will recall when we had Dr. Peter Bregan on the show and I've reached out to the doctor and his wife, Ginger, to see if we could get them both back on the show because Ginger is Dr. Bregan's chief researcher. And they now do a radio show together, by the way, once a week. That he was the... Um, he, he's, he's been in court against Big Pharma for the better part of his life, and he beats them. And he has contended, as I recall, that these drugs may have killed more people uh, than they helped, and maybe by a long shot. There are doctors I work with, and I should also disclose this, that I'm on the nonprofit board of a, of a of, we can't call it a hospital, it's a medical center uh, called Heart of Hope in Idaho. I, and I'm really honored to work with people who are amazing doctors. And fortunately, I have nothing to do with the healthcare business there. My job is to simply decide how we reinvest monies to give scholarships to people who need medical care and can't afford it and, and where we expand, et cetera. So I don't have any hand in, in how medical decisions are made, thank God. But there are docs there who will tell you that the mistakes with pharmaceuticals have been more responsible for deaths than, than anywhere than, than COVID will ever reach. And, and in fact, in my judgment, the deaths from the injections will far eclipse the deaths actually from COVID, far eclipse. So the discovery of this paper 
or not the discovery, but the release of this paper showing the truth about pharma and the truth about antidepressants is a massive discovery. And we'll dig into this because the fact is we do not have a healthcare system. We have a disease supplementation system. We have a paper pushing system. We have a make work system. We have a surveillance system. We have a pressuring system, a peer pressure system. We have a societal morphing system, but we do not have a healthcare system. We would never call what we have. For instance, if, if you had to, if, to go to the grocery store, you had to apply. And then an intermediary said, well, yeah, we'd like you to wait a couple of weeks before you buy fresh fruit. And you go back to your family. Hey, did we get the fresh fruit? Nah, the, the, the primary uh, store reviewer said, we don't need fresh fruit right now, but we really want fruit. We're really hungry. Yeah, we, we didn't qualify. Um, so well, can we just buy this with cash? Guys, we can't afford this with cash. I, I wish we could do that. We can't. And then you go in to buy the fresh fruit and you sit down for two and a half hours and fill out forms before you can buy the fresh fruit. That's not, that's not a store. That's a labyrinthine system of puzzles to solve. It's a control mechanism. That's what we have. And it's not what we can, it's not what can be sustained. And groups like uh, Heart of Hope are going direct to patients. And we're not the only ones, far from it. There's a lot of them that are doing this and very successfully. If you listen to this and you're on antidepressants, someone well, didn't lie to you because they themselves were conned, but pharma knew. They knew. They twist their research all the time. It appears that they twisted it now with, um, with Alzheimer's patients. They twisted with Alzheimer's research. They twisted that in their favor. They twisted the research on, on the COVID injections wildly in their favor. If you're on antidepressants and you're addicted to them, and if you're on antidepressants, any of the new runs of antidepressants, you are addicted to them. You know about the support groups. You know about the, 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 the hair loss, the short-term memory problems, the headaches, the sleepless nights. You know that when you drop one tiny little bead out of a capsule in an effort to step down from these drugs, that it's like stepping off of fentanyl. You know this. And may God give you strength. I know it because I allowed this to happen to my daughter. Because I didn't listen to A, my intuition. More importantly, I didn't listen to that of my wife. As husbands, we're called to love our, our, our wives as Christ loves the church. We're called to lead our families. And leading our families doesn't mean dictating to our families. It means taking wise counsel. And I'll talk during the personal notes at the end of the show about that decision. Not, to, not, not, not in an effort, I think, to explain it away, but to let you know, if you have kids that are trapped into the cycle, I feel you. And we as parents do the best we can in the circumstances that we're in. And I believe that the healthcare providers with whom we worked got rolled. Because I judged them to be good people. The level of, of, of sickness and illness that is involved in a system that will lie to this level is utterly monumental. 
Uh, Christopher, pardon me, Peter Hitchens writes in the UK at the Daily Mail about this, and it's an extraordinarily well-done piece. He writes, in a society which claims to be based upon science and which um, often comes close to the actual worship of scientists, we, we actually only listen to scientists if we want to. Sometimes we pay close attention. I well remember back in the 1980s, the sudden violent reversal of advice on avoiding cot death. Before then, though it was very hard to find anyone who will admit this now, we were told, told sternly that we should lie our babies on their fronts to keep them safe. By the end of the decade, that advice was the exact opposite. Cot in the UK is similar to crib here. The treatment of stomach ulcers for decades, wrongly blamed on stress, was also revolutionized in the 1980s when it was recognized that resulted from infection and can be treated with antibiotics. Likewise, most doctors now be horrified if they asked to prescribe barbiturates, which were at one stage handed out in millions, in the millions, as sleeping pills. What might we be prescribing now, which will one day horrify us? Well, our media and the medical profession simply don't know what to do about yesterday's emphatic news that supposed antidepressant pills do not, in fact, do what they say on the packet. These drugs have been prescribed by the tens of millions for decades on the basis that human mood depends on the levels of a chemical called serotonin in the brain. Modern antidepressant pills of a type known as SSRIs were said to raise serotonin levels and so to tackle this uh, depression. I will let you into a secret. Distinguished doctors have argued for years that the evidence of this claim is very weak indeed. Other experts have said the unpleasant side effects of SSRI antidepressants can be severe and that those who take them may undergo pain and misery if they decide to stop doing so. And I can tell you, departing from Hitchens' piece, that's true. And only, only the Lord, in my judgment, can get you through this and support a family. And my wife handles that with our daughter. And it is extraordinarily painful for my wife to do this because she never wanted these pills. And so I apologize to her and to my daughter. Now the doubts have grown far stronger. Yesterday, the distinguished researchers of the great institution, University College of London, declared that prescribement of these brightly colored capsules is not grounded in science. They said that the serotonin theory is a false belief. There is no convincing evidence of a link between serotonin levels and depression. Professor Joanna Moncrief, the consultant psychiatrist who led the study, put it bluntly, after a vast amount of research over decades, there is no convincing evidence depression is caused by serotonin abnormalities, particularly by lower levels or reduced activity of serotonin. Using language of quite devastating force, this distinguished doctor drove home her message, which was published in the learned journal Molecular Psychiatry and based on the analysis of studies involving tens of thousands of patients. Like I said, it's a meta-analysis. It's a study of studies. It goes far, far above the cracked and corrupt peer review system because she's studying studies that were presumably all peer-reviewed, her and her team. The silence from the Mockingbird media exists because their paymasters are pharma. The news is owned by pharma. That's why this isn't monumentally huge. In the past week, we had the unbelievably corrupt, poisonous liar named Debbie Burks come out and admit that she always knew 
that the uh, that the the so-called vaccines, the mRNA injections didn't work. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. Made up term means nothing. Severe disease is, is immeasurable because they can change it to be whatever they want. Just imagine if she had gone on QVC and sold a face cream that was said to take wrinkles off your face and people found out it in fact made you wrinkled. Imagine this. She'd be in prison. She would be charged with mail fraud. She would be fined. They would take every dime she got from that product and they would slam her in a jail cell. In a, pardon me, a prison cell. This stuff is killing teens and adolescents and others. The all-cause mortality of 40%, the 40% increase is because of this junk. And how many people have committed suicide? Pardon me. How many people have committed suicide because of these antidepressants? Countless. Because of the pain. How many shootings? And those are the, the, the types of murders that get attention because the mockingbirds love them. Are tied to the use of SSRIs. How many other murders? And as I said, during the medically useless, deadly, politically motivated lockdown used to install the Great Reset, how many kids went into their bedrooms, shut the door, got on on TikTok and began medicating by snacking on psychotropics. Yes, the prescriptions for antidepressants skyrocketed. For anti-anxiety meds skyrocketed. And the monumental immorality of this can only happen in a nation of apathy, and we're going to talk about this in the second hour. The Lord Jesus just described um, in the Book of Revelation his distaste, his disdain for apathy, and he was speaking in a spiritual sense. He was speaking um, to one of the churches, and he was talking about you are neither uh, talking about the lukewarm nature of their faith. You're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm, and I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Was it Lacedia? And on a societal basis, we Christians built hospitals. We are why hospitals exist. We invented those and and universities as well. The pursuit of teaching languages came because of Christian missionaries. The need to be able to speak to people in their own tongue. Hospitals, by way of caring for the poor and the needy, the least of these came about because of the Christian ethos. Most of the early hospitals say saint or are named after one of the apostles. This is our wake-up call. In my my judgment from the Lord, as an opportunity. We need to take our rightful role as the people who will care for people who are sick. We need to take our rightful position as the folks who are in it. And if it's to make money and do well, then fantastic. But that can't happen with insurance. It cannot happen in relation to pharma. The more pharma involved in a healthcare system, and I say this as a private citizen, not as a board member. 
because I don't want anyone to ever think that I have anything to do with, with the handing out or prescribing of meds. I don't. But in my judgment, the more pharma you hand out, the less you have to do with healthcare. And certainly there are times when people need this. Rearranging the molecules God gave us to create things like antibiotics, it's, it's not miraculous. God has created a science that we can observe around which we can form theses that we can then test and falsify or not. He created the evidence for us to do that. That's not what pharma did. They created a conclusion they want. They said, this is what we have have to show that we proved. Then they backfilled by cherry picking the data to go up and prop up their assumption. It's spitballing and propping up. That's what they did. And it has cost people, it's cost millions and millions and millions of people their lives. And by the grace of God, there are people who will get through this. And I'm with you as you try to get through this. What we've done to the healthcare system is install at every single point, not just a free rider, but a very heavy free rider. And not just a very heavy free rider, but a negative and very, very, very heavy free rider. See, the free rider that we've installed in this is the 17 paper pushers per doctor. Now, again, let's go back to the, let's go back to the metaphor of the grocery store. You fight, you fill out the form, you apply to buy fresh fruit, and the primary food reviewer finally approves your application. So you get in three months, you get to go in and buy fresh fruit. You fill out the forms for two and a half hours, you go in to buy your fresh fruit, and as you're going through the the the, the aisles, there's 17 people with clipboards watching you shop or with iPads, and they're watching you shop and they're taking notes. That is a dramatic representation of what happens when you walk into a physician's office. There are 17 people in that room with you as you turn your head and cough. As, as, you, as you lean over and spread them, there's 17 people watching that virtually. And every one of those 17 people gets paid by your visit. So when you walk up and you're finally able to buy your fresh fruit and you're going, what's our copay? What's our copay? Okay, our copay is, it's, it's 200 bucks. Or our, our copay is 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Okay, all right, what can we, and you start to buy apricots. You're looking at apricots that cost 20 bucks. How can an apricot cost 20 bucks? How can a half hour chat with a doctor cost 600 bucks? The doctor's not pulling in 600 bucks an hour. Because that doctor has to turn around and pay the 17 free riders through your money. Businesses don't pay taxes and they don't pay regulation fees. We do. Furthermore, this is how you end up with the seizing of a medical system. To further prove the point that we don't have a medical system, what we have is a disease supplementation system. Do you think that the early Christian hospitals, when someone walked in and said, hey, um, how you doing? I would like to no longer be a white man. I want to be a beautiful, beautiful Japanese woman. You want to what? Yeah, hey, uh, I want to be a beautiful, beautiful Japanese woman. I, I have a dream of, in fact, I was born a comfort woman. I just, 
born in the wrong body. Do you think I'm kidding on this? I'm not. This is actually where things are at. With this broken thing that someone still says it's a healthcare system, there's no better proof than what this is, is a disease supplementation system. Wait until you hear this. I just, um, I, I, there these days and I know what it is because of the education I got when I lost, I didn't lost, I, this is so sloppy. I did not misplace 150 pounds of body fat. I love the idea. You wake up in the morning. Hey, oh, great. Oh man. And you're stopped. Like when you lose something and you're finally, you can't find it and you're, Oh, and that, that feeling inside, you know, that, that, that desperation, I don't know about you, but I'm a person that I have a place for like uh, my keys, my, my, my car keys, my wallet and my glasses. They go in one place every time, unless I am distracted. And it happens like once every six months, I'm carrying something heavy and therefore my keys go somewhere else. And that's it. The system is broken. And it's that, and for me, when my keys aren't in my hat on my dresser, I go, <gasps> because at this point they could be anywhere. It's not, and it was not like that with the body fat. I didn't wake up in 150 pounds. Honey, did you take my, my gut wrap? You left your gut wrap at the Johnson's. It's not the way it is. But I go through these days when I don't train and today is a rest day. I am so utterly hungry on rest days. Does that ever, does that ever puzzle you that you go through these days where you don't need food and then all of a sudden you just absolutely need it? You know what I learned about days like rest days? You will be more hungry. And you know what else I learned? How to manage it so that you don't overeat. I learned me a trick. This will happen with you with soda weight loss. It's not just the dropping of the unwanted body fat from your body. It's not like you misplace it. It's that you shed it. And as you take this weight off, this weight you no longer want to be weighing you down, you're going to pick up a lot of tricks and hints and lessons that they help teach you as you work with your nutritionist. For me, here's what I know. So I am jonesing for carbohydrates. Okay, I can do that in a healthy way. Here's how. I'm going to have protein and fat prior in a great big mix of fiber. And by the way, I did that in a delicious way. Then I sit down and I have my healthy carbohydrates. And I'm not... Jones anymore. I haven't put myself on, on, on nutritional tilt. I'm not chasing an insulin high, which a lot of us do, particularly those of us who allow ourselves to get heavy. Like I did 150 pounds of more fat. Why is this important? Because soda weight loss isn't about putting you on to an up and down boomerang yo-yo thing. They're about making sure that as you exist on earth, you exist at a great body weight, perfect mix of fat and muscle and bone. It's near perfect as can be. It's sodaweightloss.com. They stand for state-of-the-art because they actually do follow scientific rigor. Sodaweightloss.com. This is uh, the voice of a guy who is an entertainer in London. And he decided that, that he was tired of being a white man. But due to the miracles of modern medicine that lies to people about everything. He gets to now present as a Korean woman. This, and by the way, this is worse to watch than it is to hear. And I understand that the watching is to make it go viral. But just to give you an idea of what you see in this man's wedding to another man, although he's now a woman, Korean woman, nonetheless, 
uh, is he is wheeled down in a wheelchair with an IV in his arm for whatever reason. Oh, but they plan to have kids. But wait till you hear this. And, and by the way, this is also not just a medical system that's falling. This is the same exact excess that every single society that falls goes through just now with the technocratic update. Uh, you've got great news for me, haven't you, to finish the interview? Yeah. About a month ago, something Just for happened. you. So actually, I've never actually said this to anyone, um, but I actually got married for the second time, and this time it wasn't a carbol cutout of Jimin. It was a lookalike Jimin. This is my new husband. He's actually quite randomly, he's a porn star, so it's quite a random... Uh, career choice to have, so you've got a porn star and a K-pop star, but I yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. he actually kind of looks like me. I, so. yeah, I might have seen him back in the day. Oh God, what yeah, have you been face, watching? The face rings a bell. <laughs> but I'm trying to make him all Korean, so he's had injections, Botox and stuff, and um, he's looking really good. Look, it's so. it's wonderful. I'm very happy for both of you. You want to have, very briefly, you want to have Korean babies. I do want to, I don't know whether I'm going to adopt or if I can genetically mm. modify one in the laboratory, but I do want only 100% Korean Gates, baby. Ask can help you with the lab meat. Well, I don't know? think I'd want to do anything with Bill Gates. <laughs> he'll, he'll grow you something Korean. Lovely to meet you, Ollie London. Great Thanks to meet you, Mark. In. Thanks and for also, having me. congratulations to uh, Hubby as well. Fascinating conversation. We don't do boring on GB News, not on my watch. Uh, do I have to remind everybody again that I think it was the first talk show host to start talking about the Hunger Games in, in relation to our society? So let's recap. I know people who were freaked out that I got my shoulder surgery done as quickly as I did. And I didn't pull strings. I was just aggressive. I went into the place where they had the MRI scheduled. I walked in in the same day. And instead of waiting three weeks, I said, hey, can I get this done today? They looked at their schedule and said, yeah, if your insurance company approves, yeah. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, if my insurance company doesn't approve, I'll pay cash and go back to them because I know they're going to approve. I did that. And then it happened that, yeah, I actually had a friend of a friend who knew the shoulder surgeon. He goes to my gym. I got in very, very quickly. Well, that's who you know. But I know people who've gone through the same procedure and have waited six months because of the structure. See, those gatekeepers, those free riders in our system, they put themselves into the bottleneck of power. They're between you and the doctor, too. And when you have good doctors who fully intend to follow the Hippocratic Oath and to interview patients and to treat each patient as an individual, like this, my, my doctor did. He said, I said, how long should I expect to recover? He said, given the amount of exercise you've done throughout your life and your physical fitness, I'm going to put you in recovering in this and in three to four months, you'll be back to where you were. Had you not been training, had you not been lifting and in fit, it could take a couple of years. He offered me that range. So we know people who wait six months for a procedure to get it approved. And yes, there's something to be said for the fact that cash buys everything. But then there's this. There is no defense of a medical system doing this to that man. There is no way you can call yourself a doctor and have done that. Not only have you taken the resources that you have through your education, because if you're, a, if you're a, a cosmetic surgeon, God bless you. You go out and you fulfill people's needs in, in cosmetic medicine, which, by the way, is another great area of lawsuits. Check around your female friends and see how many went out and got conned into getting breast implants and then ended up having them leak and create toxins in their body and immunoderangement in their bodies. Go talk about that with them. Now, maybe men, we shouldn't go out and talk about that, but maybe women to women discover this. 
And I don't mean to bag on people who are cosmetic surgeons, but do you think that maybe given the skill and the acumen that you have, you could also do some things that don't involve the perversion of this? Not that most cosmetic surgeons would ever do this, but it takes away resources. Now you're free to do it on free markets, pro-freedom, God is pro-freedom, but it speaks to the fact that we don't have a healthcare system. We have one part carnival ride for the rich and one part stay and wait and carry 17 free riders on your back when your kid has a cold and we need to strip this apart. The call for doctors of faith and nurses of faith is to understand that the system that will do that to that man a system that will do what they do to babies, a system that has forced injections into people knowing that they didn't work as, as, as Walensky has now admitted, as the paperwork admitted, folks, the system you work in is not serving health and it is not serving God. God does not seek to make people sicker. In, in proving, in, in attempting to prove who he was, and, and he knew what was going to come. He knew that it would it would turn some people to wanting to know more about him, rather, you know, wanting the healer more than the healing. But the Lord Jesus, what about healing people? He healed, he healed the Roman centurion's servant, the enemy, because he looked at the man's faith in Luke 7, verse 1 through 10. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people um, who were listening, he entered um, Capernaum. There was a centurion servant. Gosh, you know what? One of the rages of ages, I have to read at a higher text level. Stop complaining about my eyes. There was a centurion servant whom his master vaguely um, valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal the servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. That one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith in Israel. Then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found his servant well. The Lord Jesus responded to this, looking at this guy saying, you really get who I am, don't you? You really understand that I am the Messiah. You understand that I can, in fact, command the molecules of the body to move. I can command the body to heal because I built the body. I built it before it was born. I knew this servant. I know him by name. I know the hairs on his head. I know exactly what has caused this challenge in his body. So you have shown the faith. I will provide the healing. And he did. Now, we can't do it that way, although I guess the apostles got the ability to heal people and raise from the dead. But we can do it this way. We can look at the system that exists, and it's the same thing as the money changers in the temple. It's the same perversion. The free riders, the 17 people in the room with you when you're turning your cheek and coughing, those 17 people... When you're in the stirrups getting the uncomfortable check for, for female hygiene. 
those 17 paper pushers have perverted to the system to the point where it is just almost like you walking into the temple of the time and having to buy a temple sacrifice animal and bringing your money at, oh, well, it's going to need to be more because, you know, temple money's worth more than your money from Idaho. They've rebuilt the system. It's a Phariseean system. And healthcare having been started by the church. And look, you could, don't trust me on this. You could read about this in the return of the God hypothesis by the great, great doctor of, of, of the philosophy of science, Dr. Stephen Meyer. You can read about it in Christianity and the rise of the hospital in the ancient world. I've linked to both of these resources. The second is an article you can read. We were called to do this. And the sooner we return to this, the sooner we're going to live within the Lord's prayer. I ask us to think again and to listen again to the Lord's prayer. I really do. In relation to this. Yes, I'm saying the Lord's prayer in relation to the healthcare system that we have allowed to become this complete departure from healthcare. It is a temple of illness. It is a supplementing of disease. If you work in it, I pray for you and I pray that you will find a way to get in direct patient care. I think this is very similar to um, Zach Abraham's approach at Bulwark Capital Management. So it's, it's obviously a direct to you model. They don't have resellers. So Zach brings his skill, the skill of his team to steward your resources in a godly way, best that they can, and to balance against what they understand to be a corrupt system. And so what Zach has done at Bulwark Capital Management, in my opinion, is he stepped back and he has realistically appraised the system in which he works. And that system is corrupt. It is rigged. But understanding how it's rigged and then how to work against that, like these direct-to-patient facilities and medical clinics. Some of them, there's some in Oklahoma that are extraordinarily successful, Texas, some other states, Arizona. This is going direct to the people because the system is too corrupt. Well, we don't get to go start our own banks very easily or start our own stock exchanges very easily. And I guess you could start your own Bitcoin. You could do that, but it's not easy. But when you have someone on your side like Zach Abraham who understands how the game is rigged, who the people are that rigged it, what they might be planning to do next, and he is humble enough to say this to you, this blew my mind. I was shocked he said this. He said, yeah, we do think people should invest their money with us, particularly if they're in that five to 10 year window before retirement. Because Bulwark Capital Management is absolutely focused on risk management. That's their focus. He said, yes, we think people should do that, but not all of their money. Because what if we have a bad year? I loved that humility and it shocked me. I didn't know he would ever say that. So he is my brother. He is my friend. And I do trust him. It's Bulwark Capital Management. Call him at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or you can visit them at knowyourriskradio.com. That's the radio show. You can also just leave your name there. They'll get right back to you. Knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. The American Medical Association, they, they've, they've done something very, very important. Vital, in fact. This is so important. I, I want to just stop and apologize. 
because here I am putting all classes of some surgeons in one box and look what the American Medical Association is doing here. I'm ashamed that I didn't know this. Guys, the American Medical Association Association is doubling down on um, diversion, inclusion, and equity. I, I think this is perhaps the, the, the most important thing that they could ever do is, is to recognize whiteness. This is a disease. Whiteness. Now, it can't be cured. Well, it's not true. You could become a Korean, you know, if you're a white man, you could become a Korean female stripper. In that case, you're no longer white. Well, I guess it can be cured. Go the racial dolezal route. The Center for Health Equity was launched last year. The AMA's Internal Diversity and Inclusion Group and a Health Equity Work Group and formed four years ago since combined to form the AMA Health Equity Work Group, which across AMA's business and mission groups support the advancement of equity. Thank you for focusing on what is so very, very important instead of focusing on made up gibberish pouring out of the mouths of people because they work in government and have the word MD after their name get to invent measurements that simply don't exist. Imagine this in real life after you listen to so-called Dr. Ja. It is crucial for people to get a booster to stay up to date. Most deaths are happening in people who are not up to date on their vaccines. Let me repeat that. Most deaths are happening in people who are not up to date with their vaccines. It is crucial for. Not up to date. What does that mean? Well, when the so-called pandemic began, it meant one shot. If it was J and J, remember one and done that went off the map. Well, they got rid of J and J fast. Then it was two shots, but it's easy. You just go in. It's two, two shots and done. And then, well, I mean, yeah, we might need a booster. Well, you may need to have uh, the uh, the equivalent of, of an implant installed in your body. That We don't anticipate it will be more than a, a gallon and a half of, 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 of mRNA solution uh, that we install uh, in, uh, in the ovaries of women and the scrotums of men. Uh, and that way, when you're feeling like you're, you're not having enough spike protein, you can pump that area. And release the uh, the mRNA solution. It's a self pumping device. What does up to date mean? It means nothing. And I'll say this again: try building a house, but don't agree on universal measurement. That the builders get the plans, they look at it, and go, "Hey, it looks like a really interesting drawing for a house." There's there's no measurements on it. Are we doing inches or the metric system? What are we using? Oh, it's up to you. Shouldn't we all agree on one measurement? No, Chuck likes to use hands. What? Hands. It's an old way to measure. It's like how many hands high is something. He uses hands. Um, Dorothy uses, uh, well, she, what are you, you're not in base 10 math. You're, she does base three, base three math. So it's inches, but it's in base three. And Chuck over here, he uses the metric system because he's Scottish, but he, man, he drinks like a fish. So use whatever you want. 
That's what Jaw is saying there. And the American Medical Association, in the same week that it turns out that their big paymasters, Pharma, were discovered to have faked the massive studies about antidepressants and faked the serotonin imbalance, they're coming out and going, oh, well, this is a very serious issue. Uh, we are looking into the fakery behind the, the serotonin paper because it may have uh, disproportionately impacted white men who are now, um, who are now uh, female Korean strippers. Got it. I'm glad you're on it. We'll get into this next week a little bit. But you speak of the degradation of science. And then we'll get to the Lord's Prayer and how this applies. In my mind. The New York Times is out with an article that's healthcare related. Cannibalism has a place in time. Column explores whether people have the stomach for it. <laughs> Legal insurrection made it funny. No, that's true. The New York Times is making an argument that it's a pretty good time to start eating folks. What do we know about cannibals and what happens to bodies of people who consume one another? What, what the, did we not watch the mad cow thing? And the American Medical Association come out and say, hey, New York Times, actually, when you consume the genetic material of the same species of which you're a part, you end up whacking out your DNA. And that's Bill Gates's job. Bill's it's Bill's job to whack out your DNA. We, we, we have a healthcare system, and the focus of the AMA during this week is yeah, health, uh, equity, not so much fraud that killed a million people and has put people has, has addicted people to these pills. If you are in this system, I love you. I ask you to leave the system. It rots. It's it's ungodly. It is ungodly. We're not to con to get money. The, the Bible is very prescriptive on this. Don't put your thumb on the scale. Use honest measures. Dr. Jaw, it can't, that can't be an honest measure because up to date on your, on your so-called vaccines changes every hour. It's so difficult to look at the system you're in and understand how utterly rotten it is, but it is completely rotten. But the people in it aren't. Not everybody. I have met the most remarkable people in healthcare in the past two years. And I honestly wonder sometimes, why did the Lord wait for me to end up having three surgeries in my mid fifties? I'd never had one sinus shoulder and another shoulder surgery coming up at the end of this year. God willing, it gets to wait that long and I get to get back in shape first. Why? Because I think the Lord is saying there are good people. I'm going to introduce you to doctors and caregivers who are not under the boot of insurance. I'm going to introduce you to some who do work with insurance, but they put the leverage and the, and, and the pressure on the insurance companies. My doctor's team in my insurance company, uh, in, in, in my shoulder surgery, they went after the insurance company. No, this needs to happen now. No, this is going to get worse. And it got paid for, largely. Why am I talking about this with Christians? The Lord's Prayer. Let us think of this in a different way. And this is as close to a mini sermon as I'll do because I am not a pastor and it would be a decade before I'd ever be qualified. At least. And, and I'd have to be called by an actual reasonable, responsible church. 
Our Father who art in heaven. We got that part. Do we? Our Father. What kind of career path would our Father want us to take? An honorable one, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it's, it's always may your name be holy. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Through us. Now, far be it for me to change the Lord's prayer. I'm not. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Through me. Through us. Is pretending to change a white man into a Korean woman God's will? Is lying about the molecules God created and what they do to create a gigantic snake of profit called pharma? Is that God's will for us? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Truly, I tell you, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay. God's word. There are men and there are women. God's word. As you do for the least of these, so you do for me. God's word. You're lukewarm. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. God's actions. Lord, don't go near him. He's a leper. Come to me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And the Lord could say, okay, I will forgive your trespasses in exactly the same way you forgive those who trespass against you. In the same measure, to the same degree, with the same sincerity, with the same permanence as you do. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from evil. What has the bulk of our healthcare system become? What does the evidence show? As I go through this prayer, I think of the Christian healthcare facilities I've gone. I was in one today. They're healers and they make money at it and they don't con. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. If you personalize that and you pray it, fully aware of the corruption of the system and you cannot leave it. And you're simply saying, hey, pipe dream, Herman, I'm not leaving my job, not for some podcast rodeo clown. Okay, be the light in it. Within a fallen system, be the light. And the light can be, I'm actually not going to approve doing these procedures. I'm not. The light can be teaming up with other Christian doctors and nurses. Why is this a serpent gentle as doves? To come back to management and say, we're not going to perform these procedures. We are not going to continue to hand out these meds. If you work in a psychiatric clinic, are you still handing out these meds? Are you still starting people on this? Why? Have you gone to your office and said, are we reading this research? Are we going to email this to our patients? The answer will be no, because we don't want to get sued. That's the answer. But if the answer is no, and we're not going to stop handing them out, I beg you to consider where you work. And I beg you to consider if there are worse things than being poor. And I beg you to remember that our family's familiar with what it is to take a leap of faith. And lastly, I'll tell you this. I believe hosts have the responsibility to tell you when they have a compromise, when they've been compromised, or I should say it this way, they have a conflict. I began this hour of podcasting by confessing such a conflict, and now I will go a little bit deeper to understand my bias, and from hence I come. At the ToddHermanShow.com store, there are two t-shirts and they are $29.99. We make 10 bucks per shirt. So we actually spend more than we make on shirts and that's okay. No, it's not true. We make a profit. We get $10 profit, but it's a $19 spend for us. And the shirts are unique because they feature the image of God as the Lion of Judah. We chose that for a reason because God here is our banner. And the reason we chose the Lion of Judah is because we want people to begin to become familiar with the fact that the Lord still has that aspect of his holy personality, the Lion. And we also chose the phrase, the only need we take is to the Lord is because a lot of people are unconsciously or sometimes consciously taking the knee. I was so utterly disturbed to watch cops be forced to take the knee to Black Lives Matter Incorporated a few years ago because the symbolism of taking the knee, of course, is surrender, but it's also subjugation. It's also surrender. So we chose that. There's two shirts to choose from. It helps the show. It helps me. It helps Dave the Digital. It helps Julie who help us put on this show. And it's a great help to our friends in the advertising world, um, Jerry and Michelle and the great people at Major Media, because it gives you an opportunity to show the shirt off to friends. And on the back, it does say the name of the show and it is a conversation starter. And it is a way to introduce people to a show that tries very hard to put God at the center, 
with conservative politics at the edges. And maybe days like today, I go too far into the word and start thinking I'm some kind of preacher. It's the ToddHermanShow.com. Click the store link. You have such a vital responsibility in this work you do as healthcare providers, particularly when you're dealing with people who are in fear. This is not an attempt to explain away or to seek um, people to say, oh, you did the right thing. That's not it. When we were wrapping up our travails through the youth and family adolescent mental health care system world, and I will be clear, me speaking personally, and not everybody agrees with me, by the way, speaking personally, I think that we worked with really fantastic people and not everybody in my family agrees. That's me. Um, we reached a point, and this happens to parents, <laughs> where the spend for care like that, it is about thirty-five to 40000 bucks a month. And what will you do to save your kid's life? I want to be clear that eventually we got a good portion of that money back from the insurance company, but we had to fight so hard. And you're talking about over half a million dollars. And obviously we were blessed to have that in my judgment. When you start to dig into your 401ks, when you start to liquidate retirement, you get a little panicked. And when every other kid in the facility is taking pills and your kid's not, and your kid begs you, and you're looking at how long can I sustain spending before I have to sell our primary house? Like, what if this goes another year? You'll do a lot of things. I was once on Prozac. And when they wanted to put my daughter on Prozac, I said, no way. It's garbage. Because I almost killed myself on Prozac. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then Prozac was bad. Let's, let's choose something else. The woman who initially had that assessment, I, I consider her to be a incredibly sound and ethical physician who left her job because of what Children's Hospital was doing to children, mutilating them for gender politics. She got rolled. I got rolled. I'm a man of regrets. And I know that the Lord forgives and he is so understanding and anxious to forgive. And so I would just invite you to take my pain and never live it. And if you work in media and you listen to this podcast, and I know that you are out there, why is your organization not reporting this? Are you sure you work in a news organization? And if you're a family and you're nearing that point of, hey, maybe antidepressants, I beg you to reconsider. And if you're still prescribing these things, where will you be when the lawsuits land on your head? Well, that sounds bad, doesn't it? Where will you be when you continue to hand these out, knowing what you know now, when the Lord calls? 
We don't have a healthcare system, folks. We have a disease supplementation system. The original hospitals came from Christians, helping Christians. The sooner we get back to that, the sooner we'll be fulfilling the Lord's prayer the way we just spoke of it. His kingdom come as will be done. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And as always, let's try to live our lives as followers of Jesus, not just as churchgoers.